27. 91 plus 27 is 116. Shit. Just bringing him to negative two. Like, Yay. oh, so you were working up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The damage. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's how I do because it's easier math to do than subtracting from the larger number. Yeah, that makes sense. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Another quick DM tip. Uh, you said uh, you, your attack brought it up to 96. And I was like, wait, <laughs> hold on. That's brought, not what I wanted. No. Brought oh, no. the amount of damage <laughs> up to that. And it's cool yeah. because you get to constantly see just how much damage your party has done. And you can communicate that really quickly. Yeah, true. And it's ju- and it's, I think it's faster than trying to do the math of subtracting. Yeah, subtracting sucks. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're, we're addition gang for life. Add gang for life. <laughs> I love also that I'm using a map of the abyss oh, yeah. as my dice mat right now. Hmm. Everything, and I'm wearing my Orcus t-shirt. The abyss. fucking demon lord of undeath. Chef kiss. Okay. She, Izzy, slings this demon head over her back. Lou takes the gold adornments, and as you're prying the gold off of him, the backside you can see like his, it's like this has grown into his flesh, or maybe is like some odd fiendish, like it. he's so connected to his greed that it like was an extension of him. Uh, this is gross. <laughs> Good God, look at this. <sighs> but yeah, I imagine you take maybe like the last of your shirt and kind of like twirl it into a rope mm-hmm. and kind of tie that around your body to keep uh, all that stationary as you all plan to uh, escape Yeah, this at this forest. point, my shirt was barely hanging on. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, whatever. Plus the transformation, I imagine <laughs> like a Hulk style, like burst out the front your pants are all torn at the knee Mm -hmm. got some jorts going on (laughs) (laughs) for sure they're coming back in style (sighs) oh Mm, yeah are they too bad yours aren't (laughs) purple but i know they could be one day maybe you were a pirate dog so Mm -hmm. purple pants kind of lines up sea dog sea dog ooh la la okay as you all mount back up onto Ollie. Definitely her speed is halved at this point. There's a few tears in her wings from all the times going through the sharp branches. Yeah. And it takes a little bit for her to crawl up, mm-hmm. but once she gets a good two, three flaps in, you guys are in midair just over the tree line and begin heading south again. This time the ride is quiet. No need to fly up to the overcast. You're simply, oh, you're simply soaring, gliding over this gloom forest. You see on the horizon a line of mountains. One of the cliffs 
sticks out to you. As you're reaching nearer and nearer, and every now and again, just kind of silver lightning lighting up the dark storm clouds above you. Anytime there's not clouds, again, you get kind of a glimpse of that cosmos above you, a piece of the oblivion that you had seen more fully before. But the the ride is relatively quiet, and as your gaze goes forward, you realize you're heading toward that one larger cliff. And the reason it sticks out to you is because there seems to be an image carved into the front facade of this mountain cliffside. You see specks of winged creatures flying about it, some coming in for a landing, some crawling from the maw opening at the front. The maw resembling a gargantuan dragon skull, something with a chaotic look about it. Large spikes starting just atop its head between its eyes and moving back across the mountain, chiseled from the earth, perhaps, or simply grown from some dark magic. You begin flying closer and closer, and you note that there is a path that comes from the gloom forest to this cliff and approaches the very maw of the dragon. This is the lair of the Draco Fiend. (laughs) Dramatic pause for a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, a little bit of thunder in the distance. No rain. Never any rain. Just storm. Storm clouds abound. As you draw closer, you're about you're about a minute still away, coming into view, full view, silvery shine coming from within, as if the silver lightning you've been seeing has been collected to one furnace, right? So it's burning almost like a flame from within the gray stone, but it seems to be collected deeper within the mountain within the skull, right? It's not like, oh, it's just like a room that you walk into. It looks like there are dozens of creatures crawling out, taking flight. Many of them with serpentine faces, lizard-like claws, and wings like a dragon, long tails. Some of them wingless and simply walking down, passing underneath you as you are slowly gliding forward. None of them pay too much mind to your mount approaching, as if they have seen it before, not seeing it as a threat here. You do notice, however, as you go to land, there are two sentinel guards set at the opening of between the teeth into this uh, Dracofiend's lair. As you land, Izzy kind of looks back and she says, we'll, uh, we'll leave Ollie out here to rest up. 
can be a little bit overstimulating in there for her. Um, if y'all are coming with, I suggest you stay with me and, uh, we'll have to see, we'll have to see a person about a thing. So, uh, I suggest you just follow my lead. Okay. I've got nowhere else to go. This is it. All right. Lead the way. And she begins taking you closer to this settlement. As you approach, you get closer to the two guards. The one on the right stands with black armor, black cloaks over chainmail, a large greatsword that this creature is leaning on spikes almost like a mohawk raising up from its helmet and its pauldrons and breastplate resembling similar the spikes sticking from the draconic head standing beside it is a more chaotic looking fiend it wears a helmet covering its eyes each of them glow with this kind of orangish hue but also pulses with that silvery light as if activated with some type of magic. Mm. The greenish-skinned, horned devil stands at attention with a large rancier, I believe is how you say it. It's like a spear with a more chaotic blade at the top, mm. like oh. almost like a trident, but they're all at different levels. Mm-hmm. Its serpentine tail ends with a a devilish hook and seems to sniff the air as you get closer only its teeth showing under its blackened helmet a voice rings from the dark night on the left welcome back you bring new ones Yeah, and Izzy takes the rope from her back and slings it around and just tosses it forward. And (laughs) the head of Bane rests before these two guards. The horned devil sniffs and gets closer. Izzy responds, Yes, more than what was asked for. I wish now to see the white orc to settle our deal. (laughs) Do you have it, though? And Izzy just kind of like rolls her eyes and pats the satchel now tied around her hip. Yeah, why the fuck would I just bring that? All right. We shall step aside and allow you and your friends to enter. The armor clinking as it steps to the left. The horned devil, though, is just so fascinated with this, with the head and continues to sniff it and sheathes its spear on its back and, and 
slowly picks up the head with no sight, but just simply taking in the essence and holding it before him, almost in a Shakespearean way. <laughs> yes, yes. Ah, oh, a scion. One of the line of Karnas. Oh, she, she will be very pleased. Do follow. And he leads you into this settlement. As you draw in, the road path that leads up to the teeth is almost like, it is like the serpentine tongue etched into the gray stone beneath you. Embellishments of just chaotic swirls around as if potentially breathing a type of radiant fire. And to bring that aesthetic into completion, at the back of the throat stands this large furnace-like cylinder that goes from this floor to the top, uh, to the floors above within the Draco Fiend uh, layer skull. Uh, All of the center of it burning with this massive white silvery flame, but with this silvery tinge and almost like brief flares of of black necrotic energy. You are being led further through as you look to your left and right and you see groups of these dragon-like humanoids, what would be known here as dragonborn. You look to your right and see those who are more bestial and, and less humanoid but still in that dragon likeness and their underbite sticks out and their large draconic teeth reach up almost to their snouts as they watch you and growl under their breath as you walk past some of them blue some of them red some of them silver as you continue walking through as these new guests and remember you are in pretty bad condition as you're walking through (laughs) Izzy is barely like keeping it together as she walks and she says try not to try not to make eye contact too much you don't want to be remembered by any of these things done and done I, I won't you do smell like some good things it seems as if there is a sense of of uh, like a normal city or settlement. There are buildings built into the walls and doors and, and walkways that lead further into the mountain. Some of the platforms act as Aries for the flight creatures. As you go deeper, it seems like the more, the wealthier part of this level of the settlement, more inhabited by devilish humanoids. So tieflings, groups and groups of them, uh, some of them creating circles of artistic performance, some of them a bit more salacious than others. It's almost like you're going through a bazaar at this point. Uh, that's how deep into the city-like settlement you are, you are being led. Anyone close enough definitely smells and looks over and sees the head being carried by this sentinel guard in front of you, but none of them approach, right? Uh, To the left of the burning furnace, at this point, you kind of like 
have to put your hand up to block some of the light coming from it. There's like a spiral staircase that goes up as you begin to climb up the silver steps. You ascend and you pass by what seems to be a second layer. There's two large holes at the end where the snout peeks out to the rest of this shadowy realm of the abyss. Uh, Whole other creatures and noises coming from this section. Uh, But you continue upward and at the last part of the stairs, you look up and you see these beautifully ornate silver doors, double doors. And the horned devil in front of you, sightless and yet perceptive, growls and says, "Mm, The white orc does not like to be disturbed often, but you have brought them a gift. Choose your words wisely. Oh, shit, you're gross. Holy smokes, Taylor. Where'd you come from? Cass and I came from the Pharaoh. We heard you got sucked into a despair pit into the abyss. Oh, God. I'm so happy you're here. Is that my skeleton? Yep, that's your bones, babe. Here you go. (laughs) Tickled a little. Well, that's so much better. Thank you. I miss these old bones. I'm just glad to see you all in one piece. (laughs) Wait, didn't you say Cass was with you? Yeah, uh, now that I think about it, we got switched up in one of those transplanar terminals, and I I think she was still high on the fey leaf and stepped onto the C train instead of the A train. The C train? Yeah, the celestial plane train. She stumbled onto that one muttering something like, C, just like my name. And before I knew it, she was gone. With the teleportation gun, might I add. I hopped on the Abyss Plane train and it just dropped me off here. Well, either way, I'm just glad you found me before I went into the Abyss. Who knows how that could have ended. Yeah, no kidding. Hey, why don't you hang out here and go over these show notes and I'll go find us a plane back to the material train. I mean a train back to the material plane. Alright, sounds good. I'm sure I'll see you around. This episode of Chasm Quest was a product of Imagistration Studios and featured Andrew as the Danger Mom, Taylor as Lou, and special guest Cassie Clark of Wampus House Productions. The theme song was by Sam Anderson, and sound design for this episode was by Andrew Palmer. Additional music by Ivan Dutch. You can find their work at patreon.com forward slash I-V-A-N-D-U-C-H. And many of our sound effects were supplied by zapsplat.com. Z-A-P-S-P-L-A-T. Don't forget to head over to patreon.com forward slash chasmquest to support the Rowdy Boys and get awesome annual merch boosts along with bonus content and behind the scenes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chasmquest and go over to chasmquest.com for links to our Discord, merchandise, and online wikis. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show, if you've been enjoying it. Let us know your favorite part. In fact, you can just write whatever you want. Uh, Just enough to keep me out of the abyss, please. 
You can also find our new merch store at chasmquest.com forward slash store or go to chasmquest.threadless, T-H-R-E-A-D-L-E-S-S dot com and pick out a new t-shirt design and grab a sticker. You can find lots of cool stuff on that store. Well, I believe that's it. So I'm going to go find Taylor. I can't. Taylor? Choose your words wisely. As he begins to open the doors. Inside, the light coming through the two eye holes of this, what seems to be almost like a throne room area, as a red carpet lines the way, going all the way up to the end where the gloomy mist and what small amount of light coming from the cosmos and the overcast and the firmament of this place lights a large silver throne at the end of this room. There are different sections of tables and places where one could host parties, almost like a ballroom area, a small stage and Things that are reminiscent of back in Anu as you continue forward. Halfway up, you look up and see... So not only is this lit by uh, the furnace behind you, the cylinder furnace, above you, a massive chandelier made of crystals and pieces of silver that reflect the burning ball of white silvery light within, casting dancing shadows along the walls. Paintings of glorious battles and histories of aeons within this abyssal realm showing a massive dragon leading armies of these devilish fiendish soldiers the dragon appears to have skeletal features about it with dark gray scales and but still stands with purpose and with power As you continue forward, you see a white figure sitting in the throne. Placed in front of the throne, there is some kind of... There are rings at the left armrest. Within stands this massive maul made of obsidian black material. At the top, the maul almost looks like a spinning top, but with spikes sticking out of it and seated on the throne is the white orc their hair almost (laughs) seems to flow upwards and it is shaved to the to the scalp on the left and right with kind of silvery 
ornate tattoos all along. The eyes glowing with like a piercing orange to silver ebb and flow. Large gauged ears and black breastplates with enormous pauldrons. As they begin to rise, you get a more complete image of the white orc. Damn, wow. (laughs) Still my heart. Yeah. (laughs) They are a force to be reckoned with, as you can see. The horned devil steps forward. The one they call Izzy has returned and has delivered an excellent gift for you, your majesty. And it tosses the head forward and again lands between the orc and your group. And it stands probably 30 feet from the throne and you three kind of create this semicircle behind, right? Just kind of waiting and gauging how this will go. The orc stands, stretches, wipes a bit of wine from their mouth. How? How did you do this? Amazing. Amazing. And she goes down the steps, jogs to the head, and lifts it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you have caused such anguish, such bitter suffering. I hope, I hope the heart of Karnas withers at the news of this. Who has brought this? As they're approaching Izzy, like, shoves the the head into the horned devil's hands as he clamors back. And they go up to Izzy and throws, like, a big hug around them. Izzy simply says, yeah, It was not an easy task. As, like, the hug is, like, mm, <laughs> almost yeah. doing that one HP of, of damage <laughs> that she has left. And it... Uh, Okay, that is enough. And she's like tapping (laughs) uh, the white orc's armor. I understand it was a good thing for me as well. Um, But look, uh, it would not have been possible if it weren't for these two who who were captive of the fire realms. Um, Yeah. And she kind of like, she brings her arm up for you two to introduce yourselves. Hi, Lou. Celesi gives like a really uncharacteristically respectful head nod, like a, a pseudo bow. Mm-hmm. Celesi. Ooh. They are looking at the bit of I-core around you. Born from the lake, I see. Here from another realm. It would seem that way, yeah. I... It's a hell of a birthday. I understand, as I once came from another realm myself, many, many forevers ago. They kind of get this distant look in their eyes. They look back to you both and they say, 
I am the one they address as the White Orc, and I have struck a deal here with this one. But it seems that uh, her side has changed, so I suppose a renegotiation is at hand. And Izzy goes to speak, and the orc lifts their finger. Like, their skin is like this almost shimmering silvery white, and the hair a similar way with braids and silver adornments all throughout. It would remind the two of you of, say, the silver vein orcs uh, back in Trayland on Anu. This negotiation will hold safe passage for your two friends here any time you are within the shadows of the draco fiend's land you are amongst friends we hope you enjoy the pleasures of our city here much obliged i will also add one wish from each of you The Draco Fiend will hear your wish and will decide whether or not to grant it as you think of this wish. Izzy, I believe we had our own agreement. And Izzy nods, opens the bag the rest of the way, and takes out an orb from her satchel. This is a silver orb with etchings of three dragons all surrounding it. They seem to be etchings of the same dragon, but ceremoniously added all around. In the very center of this sphere, where the three heads meet in this type of swirl, there is a large almost pearl-like sphere of sterling silver. Izzy holds it up and says, This costs a lot more than it looks. The orc looks over at the head and back at Izzy. Yes, I can see that, but I believe our arrangement should still stand as was agreed. No. I want more. And the orc kind of takes a step back. What what do you mean you want more? What more could there be than a position as captain amongst my forces? You see Izzy grow teary-eyed. And she draws her sword. And she says, My one wish. My one wish is for you to show yourself. And she aims the pink blade. And as she does, you can tell she draws energy from it. Her marble sword glows and regenerates her body, gaining back her health, all those wounds sealing up. And she says, I want to see your true face. (laughs) You do not want to see that. You put that weapon away. Nay, for I lost my love on the ice bridge. 
to the armies you wish for me to serve and lead. Never would I betray my kind like that. You will fall here this day. Just like you have fell, Velden. And tears are pouring down her face. So, you wish to see me. None are granted that honor. And her hand extends back, and the maul lifts into the air and rings into her hands. <laughs> Roll in it. Oh my god. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I actually got a 19. 17. Damn, y'all. We're on it. My dice needed a nap. <laughs> Celesi, you go first. Now, the dilemma is there's two factions here. One of them's outnumbered. But... Are they, though? Are they, though? will to be determined. So you may, you can choose like what to do in this moment. Okay, so I am still sitting at very little health. Yes. My body is hurting. Mm-hmm. I don't have that many spells left in me. So Celesi is going to tactically retreat as far back to the wall as she can. Gotcha. And just get out of range of whatever is about to hit. Sure. Absolutely. And then just kind of bide her time and wait and see what happens. Perfect. The white orc takes the maul in both hands and steps towards Izzy, swinging down to their right, coming at them, the head of the maul aimed for Izzy's left hip. Oh, shit, that fucking hits. Rolled an 18 plus 9. Oh. (laughs) 19 points of damage on the first one as you hear a bit of a pop. Oh, God. From something. And a nat one on the second. Izzy gets a reaction attack. 24 to hit. She is now wielding in both hands. 16 points of slashing damage. 26 points of radiant damage. So the brightness of the pink sword, like you had seen the radiance of it as it decapitated the fiend. It's now like really just burning bright like there are pinkish flames coming off of this blade as she was holding it straight forward as she takes the the hit to her side she grabs the maul and pulls on it sending the white orc stumbling forward as the blade comes up under the breastplate into uh, the white orc's gut and the pink glows up enough to like it it looks like it's coming out of their (laughs) mouth and like a bit of 
blood, uh, uh, silver ichor actually, like silverish ichor spills out of their mouth. We then go to Lou's turn. Lou, I see this go on and I am just like shocked and wide-eyed, just like, what the hell? Come on, what about our wish? My hands start to defensively grab them and toss them. And so my forearms are getting a little bit more hairy from the elbow down. And I just bide my turn in defense. We then go to Izzy's turn, as the last one was simply a reaction. Hits with the first with 28. Hits with the second with 26. Just stabs into the gut and then in under the left armpit of the white orc. And as the white orc tries to push themselves away, Izzy does a spin and lands the blade on the white orc's left side and swipes straight up as the silver blood goes spraying across (laughs) the throne room onto the red carpet, uh, the pink blade glowing and glistening. Your dice have been eating their Wheaties. <laughs> dice came to play today. Yeah. <laughs> came to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and they're all out of bubble gum. <laughs> it was double bubba. <laughs> Damn. That's the good stuff. <laughs> no wonder they're mad. I'd be mad. <laughs> so another 16 points of slashing damage, and then 22 points of radiant damage. The white orc is not looking good. They are looking very wounded. And there's almost this confused look on their face. Like, who are you? Like, they are just shocked at their abilities. Uh, We then go to the Sentinel Guard. They take two steps forward and then (laughs) sniff the air They drop the head of Bane at their feet. This giant, you know, large head. Yeah. uh, It just plops with a sickening... uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They step forward and in its left hand, as it extends downward, you see these silvery flames begin to grow. Not just a small ball, but like like a blowtorch style. Uh looks like some type of spell at the ready and with its right hand twirls and unsheathes the rancier the spear-like blade the blade is aimed toward celacy as it goes up another 20 feet and is standing equidistance between lou and celacy the flame aimed in the direction of lou and it says let them battle this out I was not going to step in the middle of it. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Done and done. I think we come back up to Celacy. Yeah, if I can even step further back so I'm even closer to the wall, like, even if I'm, like, pressed up against it, I just want to make it clear that I'm, like, okay. nah, dog, not my fight. Okay, cool. Uh, then we go back to the white work. Swings the mall with all of their might. This time, going for the head. Izzy drops to the ground, her left leg shooting out and her right leg coming down, almost doing like a full split, and her left hand slaps 
solid against the stone floor, her sword behind her head as the maul just swings fully around above her. There's like this anger from the orc. Swings it from right to left, missing. Swings it up, almost like out of control, right? You can kind of see the weight of the maul carry their body a little up as they go to slam straight down. Izzy easily springs out of the way, landing on top of the silver throne, at least six feet higher ground than the white orc. The orc looks up and says, Stand still, you fuck! Goes to literally throw like a shot put the mall. <laughs> oh my god. Do you? The mall shoots through the air like a like a damn arrow. Like there's strength <laughs> behind this. There is a spike at the top of the mall. Izzy cartwheels off of the right armrest and lands on the ground to the right of the throne if you were like sitting on the throne stuck into the back of the throne backrest the maul sticks there and its handle sticks straight out the orc screams in rage at Izzy we then go to Lou yeah Lou just that knight says that and he's like yeah uh, no problems here. And I throw my clawed hands in the air and I just kind of take a step back. All right, we go then to Izzy's turn, standing 20 feet away from the orc. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hits with the first and still hits with the second. Oh, fuck. Glad I met Izzy. I'm glad I did not get involved in this fight. <laughs> yeah. I really, like, with nine hit points left, uh uh-uh, uh, no thanks. Mm-mm. No, thank you. <laughs> Need a serious balm after what we just went through. Not bad for newborns. Yeah. If I was level one, shoot, I'd be at full health. <laughs> <laughs> or super dead. Or super dead. <laughs> Izzy seems to be breathing and concentrating. When she lands next to the throne, her eyes open, burning bright with a fuchsia pink. Bright red was your hair. Beautiful your face. Your ears perfect in the moonlight. And she rushes forward, her sword in front of her, geared toward the chest of the orc. The orc tries to leap backwards, caught on their own imbalance after hurling the maul. A bright light as the first stab through the chest. Silver and fuchsia bursting through the back spine of the orc and out the chest. Oh my god. The orc continues to stumble backwards as Izzy's raged face is smiling now. And as the orc falls back, the blade comes out of the chest as the sword is brought up, angled 
down with both of her hands. There seems to be a breath of peace and contentment as the sword falls straight downward. The orc lands on their back, hands raised up, but the blade pierces straight through the breastplate, through the heart of the orc. Izzy takes a knee on top of the body as the sword pierces. The orc's arms fall to their sides, a clank of metal as the armor shifts. The sentinel guard does not lower the flame and the spear. You see a bit of a smirk actually come from the guard. As Izzy breathes and stands, she opens her shirt, takes out an amulet, pries open the golden face. Inside is a etching, a wood burn of a woman elf with red flowing hair, pretty killer sideburns actually, and she strokes the image and says, I hope, I hope now you can rest. As she looks at the amulet, the picture within, tears falling from her glowing eyes, the glow begins to fade away, and there's a brief second where she looks to her right. Growing from the sword, the armor seems to shift and grow into plates, scales, a tail, two wings forming, pushing Izzy back. She stumbles back in awe of what's happening. She makes a grab for her sword as the gargantuan creature grows from the seed that was the white orc. (laughs) Oh my god. Jeez. Standing in place of the white orc is in undead Draco fiend, a decayed silver dragon. Izzy looks up and says, Good. I just wanted to see your face. And disappears in a surreal circle of green as it envelops her and leaves nothing in her path leaving her sword behind as the draco fiend grows and stretches its neck the fuchsia blade still stuck into the chest seemingly useless now like a needle in a bear Not to trust that one. Seems my instincts still serve me well. But as for you too, I am in need of a new captain. As 
my previous one has left their post, and their sword, and you, shapeshifter, what is it you desire? I need you to send me back to my world, to Hallie, wherever she is. There's a girl, I, she needs my help, please. Send me back to the material plane. So 